Hi, this is episode six of the Viva La Diva podcast. I'm your host, Laura J. Ingalls, and it's time to dare you to unconditionally love yourself. Today's topic is patience, mostly because I have none. Just kidding. There's a lot going on in my life right now that requires patience. Uh, Obviously, I've asked all of you to be patient with me. It's been a little while since my last episode. Uh, I went on a couple of trips that left my schedule absolutely crazy, and I just wasn't able to get on to the mic and do some podcasting. But I think it's really set up just such an appropriate conversation uh, for me to have right now. So, uh, so anyway, like I say, there's so much happening that uh, to me right now that's that's testing that patience is a virtue thing. That oh, patience is like such an annoying virtue, and um, <laughs> because. Because so often, the things that you need to have patience about stand in direct opposition to immediate needs. So, uh, and this is exactly what's happening for me right now. And it's happened so many times in the past, and it's super frustrating. And I know I'm not alone in this frustration. As a health coach and a personal trainer and a running coach, I see it all the time when it comes to anything regarding health. Sometimes lack of patience can happen for good reasons, like if you have a serious health issue that needs to be addressed so you can get on with your life or your training or to have your old energy back and that sense of vitality. But the reality is that healing takes time. (laughs) I mean, hell, sometimes just getting a proper diagnosis takes time. In my own life, I had surgery last December for hyperparathyroidism, but it was actually over two years from when I first had really recognizable symptoms and went to my doctor to when I actually got the surgery. And and now that journey towards health, I've just been informed, is probably going to be a lifelong process of monitoring my calcium levels and, you know, having ultrasounds to check the remaining two parathyroid glands and, you know, potentially might have surgery again someday. And that means that there may be some ups and downs with my energy level and my health over the years. But, um, you know, so, so health is definitely an area where we need patience. And sometimes we can have a lack of patience in our health lives that are not such good reasons. For example, like we don't like something about ourselves and we want to change it right away. And this never leads to good results. I talked about it in episode five. So if you haven't checked that out yet, go and take a listen. But the bottom line for this discussion is that change takes time and it takes persistence. And things like improving self-talk, takes it takes time and persistence and consistency. Tearing down habits that make you feel bad about yourself, that deter you, that deter you from, from treating yourself to healthy food, to finding an exercise routine that feels really good to you that you can stick with, um, things like discovering how to keep balance in a life that constantly changes. All of these things are skills and skills, new skills take time. You know, finding that tipping point or that that like aha moment when 
all of these the hard work that you put in to, you know, creating good habits or false starts or mistakes or recommitments or, you know, changing reasons for why you want what you want, they they all click into place eventually. And suddenly what was once really, really hard becomes easier. But this takes a long time and a lot of persistence and a lot of consistent effort. And it also takes faith. And it also takes having mercy on yourself for all of the bad times so that you have the strength and the positivity to keep going. It is basically, it's really hard to have patience, (laughs) but it's like unavoidable. You have to have it. So this week I'm struggling with patience when it comes to my career. I think I put out a pretty good show for the for the interwebs. And um, a lot of times, I, sh- I should be fair to myself, a lot of times it, it isn't a show. I've had some incredible ups over the past couple of years. I have an incredible network. I, you know, am really excited about the business that I'm building. But personally, it's hard to start something new and to do something that's just totally, honestly, out of my comfort zone because it's not something I've ever really done before. And I think with a lot of these ups that I've had, I've been teased a little bit by how big some of the ups have been. And like, it's kind of like, it's kind of like weight loss dieting. So you get teased with a flash of quick weight loss, for example, and like suddenly you think you can make all of life's problems disappear with the soup of like one carb cleansing spatula or or whatever. It's a terrible metaphor. But anyway... Um, so like you make a change and, and it just happens to be the right one for that exact moment to achieve whatever goal in your mind that you thought that you had and like, boom, things happen, but then the weight creeps back on. Or if you're like me, it comes piling on way faster than it ever took you to lose it in the first place. And you suddenly realize that nothing you did in that quick fix was actually sustainable change. It was all just like, like a big lie, like it was just a tease. But the memory of that tease feels so good that you tell yourself this story that this is how things could be all the time. If everything was perfect all the time and none of the surrounding circumstances, whether that's cravings for junk food or or foods that are on your arbitrary no list or life stress or whatever got in the way of your perfect plan. Like if you if you had could just stick to that perfect plan, you would have all of this stuff down solid. Um, and actually, let me make one more comparison. This is exactly like how some people like myself are late all the time. All right, stick with me here while I explain how being chronically late is exactly like beating yourself up over trying to adopt new healthy habits and how that connects to the business world. So I'm an optimist, and let me state for the record that I am very glad that I'm an optimist. I think it's a great strength to be an optimist, but like any super strength, it has its kryptonite. My optimism combined with a terrible sense of time management and the attention span of a gnat sometimes becomes a thing that I'm calling irrational optimism. And here's how it works in making me late more often than I would like to professionally admit. So let's say it's like 11 p.m. on a Sunday night and I'm driving home from across the city. 
And at 11 p.m., there's no traffic. And say, for example, I'm lucky and I hit all the lights just perfectly and I sail into my driveway in less than 20 minutes and I'm happily in bed before midnight. Super lucky, right? Everything lined up perfectly for me to make that drive in under 20 minutes. But the problem is with this irrational optimism is that now I believe that that drive across town always takes less than 20 minutes, even at 5 p.m. when rush hour traffic has jammed up all the arteries and like the sheer volume of cars means that I will definitely hit every single red light just trying to make it across the city. So in my irrational optimist mind, I never make enough adjustment time in my mind to allow for conditions to not be perfect or to even be predictable. Like, Like, in my mind, I'm like, it should always be so easy. But let's be honest, it is rarely that easy to drive across a city. That easy, breezy moment, it only happened, it only happens when conditions are perfect. The rest of the time, it's a battle riddled with unpredictable roadblocks to get from point A to point B. And that should actually be my explanation, my expectation, but... Like, damn, that 11 p.m. ride felt so good. (laughs) It's so obvious when talking about traffic patterns that the people who are the opposite of me, who arrive at places on time consistently, that these people take into account that sometimes the drive takes 20 minutes, but sometimes it takes an hour. And they plan for the hour. And they delight in the days when it takes them less time as like, It's like a gift. It's like a pleasant surprise, but they always plan on the hour and they don't stress when they run into traffic because they planned for it and they don't freak out over construction redirecting them because they made time for that and they aren't angry with themselves along the way for not thinking of everything because the whole point of leaving early was to make room for the unexpected. So why can't we deal with our health and our other habits in the exact same way that sensible people deal with driving from one side of the city to the other? Change is rarely a a smooth road. And building new habits or healing a body or training for a race, or in my case, starting a business, these things take planning for the whole hour. And They also take an emotional preparedness for the unexpected. And on the rare occasions when everything lines up and all the stars align, pieces of change happen really quickly. But those moments, those moments are the 11 p.m. drives. They're great, but they are hardly the rule, which brings me back to today. While things like healthy eating and positive self-talk and regular exercise habits and stress management techniques... These are all things I've been consistently and persistently working on for a decade and a half. When it comes to leaving my corporate job to work for myself and this year to start a business with uh, my two business partners, my traffic-evading, irrational optimist wants that 11 p.m. drive. And it's bumping up. It's, I feel like it's exacerbated because my bills have an urgent need to be paid. And so there's like, a, there's like a real need for things to change quickly or to grow or happen quickly. But um, 
and I've had a few ups that I think in a, in an area where I don't, you know, where there's still a lot of learning to go, like those ups have set some unrealistic expectations. And it is trying my patience. Uh, so let me, I want to give a little history about this. So up until um, about a year and a half ago, I've always worked for other people. And um, most recently, I was working in corporate wellness. I was a wellness program manager, and I did do a lot of program design and health coaching with employees. And uh, program management is something that I really, really love to do, and um, program design. And I think it's something that I'm very good at, but I, I was doing it working for other people. And in that time, I had a guest article go viral. This was a few years ago on a magazine called Run Haven, which has since been purchased by Women's Running Magazine. So you can't actually even read the article anymore because they haven't republished all of the content from Run Haven. But at the time, it was an overnight success that became actually one of the top three performing pieces of all time for that publication. It had over 300,000 hits in less than a week, and I even got myself a bunch of haters on Reddit, which, you know, you're not anybody on the internet until the trolls hate you on Reddit, but um, it was titled, I Trained for a Marathon and Got Fat. And when I wrote it, I didn't do so with the intention of getting a bunch of clicks. I just... I just learned a lot over the years of health coaching and training and um, marathon coaching about what can happen to your body when you're training for endurance events. And all of that information seemed to fly in the face of why most people take up long distance running in the first place. And I just, I just wanted to talk about it. The fact that it resonated with the audience that Run Haven had at the time and up until that point, no one at any of the other major publications had been discussing the topic of weight gain while marathon training. I think I think the running community was just ready for this discussion, and I unwittingly stepped in at just the right moment. And it like it totally surprised me and I wasn't ready for it. I you know, it's not like I didn't have a blog, I didn't have a business, I didn't I didn't have, you know, an email grab or anything to capture new readers or any kind of regular writing that I was doing. It all just sort of happened in this set of circumstances where I, you know, had a connection with the magazine because I was a topic expert. Um, and, uh, and so it was just like this really happy accident. And, but the thing about that happy accident was it set an expectation in my head that this is how all great ideas go on the internet. And since that time, as I've been transitioning into self-employment, I've had some really golden opportunities. I gave a TEDx talk last fall. My book that I published just about two years ago held the number one spot in genre on Amazon for the whole first week after publication. I had the opportunity to be the subject of a documentary by Reebok this past fall that just released a few months, like about a month ago. 
And my company, Vivacious Life, just got written up last week in Boston Magazine. And each time that I've had these super visible wins, I keep expecting the next big explosion of clicks to help get this next phase of my career underway. I mean, like... I don't know. In my head, I thought, of course, I'm going to start my own brand and launch a coaching practice and open a retreat business and become a paid speaker and a best-selling author. And like, this is all going to happen in the span of three months, right? Like, wrong. I (laughs) I have some incredible connections and some phenomenal opportunities, but I am learning that business, like real money making business is the long haul. Um, and, and it's like testing that patience. Um, but I was recently listening to a great podcast episode um, from the Social Pros podcast called Why Consistency is the Key to Becoming Known. And by the way, definitely check out Social Pros, um, their podcast. They're, it's awesome. Um, but anyway, this particular episode was an interview with author and marketing expert, Mark Schaefer. And in the course of the conversation, he revealed that for most people to build their audience to where they're, quote, known for whatever it is that they're doing, like this process typically takes 18 months to two years. And that a lot of people who fail to become known, they just don't hold on long enough and or in that time, they're not persistently taking consistent action for long enough. Like they they gave up too early, or they just have no consistency. And this was such an aha moment for me. I mean, I know this about health and wellness and habit building. I teach patients with with you know yourself, and um, and I teach this concept of consistent, persistent, positive action. I teach it for a living, yet when it came to taking on the completely new venture of starting a company, I didn't make the connection. I was I was sort of romanced by the flashy moments of quick success, and I have been feeling so frustrated by my lack of planning for how long this would take and how much learning I would have to do. <sighs> so... I think it's time to take a deep breath and start planning for that one-hour drive. It is time to treat my business like my health and wellness habits. It's time to take positive actions daily in the faith that they will move me in a good direction. And in the meantime, I will figure out how to get these bills paid and it will all be okay. To all of you, I ask you, where do you need more patience and more persistent and consistent positive action? What is your one-hour drive? Where do you need to leave space for traffic jams and unexpected road closures? Take a deep breath with me. I know I just took one, but like, let's do it again. It's going to be okay. And we are all going to make it together. I promise. 
<sighs> okay, I definitely, that was like a lot. Um, thank you so much for sticking with me through this crazy topic at this crazy time in my life. Um, if you loved this episode, please, please, please subscribe and rate it on iTunes or wherever you're picking up podcasts. And if you are loving it, definitely like leave it a five-star rating, leave a comment. These things will help other people to find me and tune in together. And, um, and if you have any ideas for topics that you're interested in, um, or things that you want me to talk about, find me on Twitter at LJ Ingalls or hit up laurajingles.com. That's where all the rest of my podcast episodes are. And until next time, viva la diva.